and welcome to another edition of the Deliberation Sports Podcast. We are live. We definitely appreciate for you checking us out, however you may be checking us out, wherever you may be, however you may be listening. We definitely appreciate y'all for taking the time out of your day, out of your night, out of your week, uh, out of your December uh, to listen to the Deliberation Sports Podcast. Got a loaded, loaded edition for y'all today. A lot of stuff to get into. College basketball, NBA is taking center stage in the sports world, and rightfully so. A lot of stuff going on, a lot of headlines, a lot of interesting matchups, upsets. Uh, number one, who's number one? MVP races in the NBA, LeBron James, all sorts of stuff to talk about, man. We're going to get into it all on this edition. But first, so y'all can know where to follow us and keep up with the show, keep up with us on social media. Be sure you check out these platforms. And Justice, I know you got it. Got those platforms. Yeah, as always, they can follow us on Twitter at DeliberationSP1, on Instagram at Deliberation Sports, and on Facebook at Deliberation Sports Podcast. And also, uh, there's the group, Deliberation Sports Community. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Check it all out. Check it all out to keep up with everything deliberation and the platforms you can check it out on the podcast as well i'm josh midrick and my man justice bolden evan devone as well and uh, we're gonna dive right into it man a lot of stuff to get into gonna start with the world of college basketball so question is who should be number one and the reason i ask that question is because the number one team has gone down gonzaga the zags Go down to the Tennessee Volunteers, 76-73 in a big-time matchup. The Vols get another big win, uh, Had a having a nice start to the season. Admiral Schofield, 30 points uh, for Tennessee as they get the job done. So now that leaves the question. It's out there. You got a lot of top teams, a lot of teams playing well, 10, man. But who should be number one? Uh, when this week starts, uh, I'm gonna start with my man Evan. What you say? Well, I think Kansas will be number one, uh, but I think it should be Michigan. Michigan uh, mm. is a team uh, to me has had the the hardest schedule out of any team in the top five right now. Mm. Uh, when you look at who they've been through, uh, they played Villanova. They beat them by almost thirty. Uh, at the time, Villanova, they were a top 10 team. They're number 21 right now. Uh, they beat a Providence team by 20. Uh, Ed Cooley is a hell of a coach. Providence is 7-3. and three. That's not a bad team. That'll be a team competing for an NCAA tournament bid again. Uh, they beat North Carolina, who, who's number 14 right now, but they were top 10 at the time when they beat them. They beat them by 20. Uh, they beat a Purdue team, who was top 20 at the time, by 20. Uh, they beat a Northwestern team who's fresh off an NCAA tournament, and they beat a always well-coached South Carolina team uh, coached by Frank Warren. So when you look at their non-conference schedule right now, uh, I'm pretty sure anybody who saw it at the beginning of the year would have said that team no way would be undefeated. But here they are, undefeated, and uh, number five in the country. To me, they should be number one. Uh, Kansas haven't lost a game, but they haven't looked good in their wins either. Um their last game against New Mexico State, I mean, uh, Deidre Lawson just really had to carry them at the end. They would have lost that game. Uh, so, I mean, I think Michigan should be number one, in my opinion. Uh, 
Beeline, he just he just continues to get it done. So for me, I say Michigan, in my opinion, should be number one, even though Kansas will be. Interesting, interesting. Um, you know, I'm looking here. Um, you, you look at Duke, who's in the top three right now. There's no way that they should be. And I got a feeling that they might be. I may be wrong. But there's no way they should be ranked ahead of, Virginia, uh, of Michigan, that is, or even Nevada. To me, but especially Michigan, when you talk about, like you said, I don't know if anybody's played as tough of a schedule as Michigan has this early on. And to run through them like they have, it almost makes you wonder. Uh, you know, I know they don't have the star, the names like Zion and RJ Barrett, but there's no way Duke should be ranked ahead of them. The reason why Duke should be ranked in front of Nevada is because Nevada hadn't played anybody. The only team they beat is Arizona State. Uh, their non conference schedule has been very weak. I mean, Duke has already played uh, three top 10 teams in uh, Kentucky, who was number nine at the time. They beat number eight, Auburn, and then they failed a number, I think they were number five at the time, Gonzaga. So, I mean, Coach K went out there and challenged his team early. I mean, three top 10 games in the first seven games. Uh, I, I think that's the reason why they're still ranked in front of Nevada. Interesting, interesting. Uh, Justice, what's, what say you about this? I think you got to go with Kansas. When you look at right now, they've got two top 10 wins, one uh, against Michigan State on the neutral site and then uh, uh, also against Kansas on a, that was also on the neutral site. So I think you got to go with them. Um, two mm-hmm. top 10 wins, undefeated. Michigan overall has played better in those wins. I mean, they're, they're beating teams when they beat them. It's usually uh, 15 plus points. So I think you got to give them a lot of credit. You can make a reasonable argument that Michigan could be number one. But I, I think for now, the fact that uh, Kansas does have wins over Michigan State, uh, Marquette, and uh, Stanford, as well as Tennessee, I, I would go with them as my number one. But that could change this Saturday. They, they take on Villanova. Uh, mm. So. We we could very well see Tennessee take that, or not not Tennessee, but Kansas take their first, first loss in the next game. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Because I've, I've seen Kansas, and at times they look good, like you say, but you know they just they just not they don't look dominant at but all. They look like they could be had. Cedric Lawson, uh, he's a walking double double. Yeah. he's gonna he's gonna. We used to say twenty and ten, but now you've almost got to up that where he potentially can go out and get twenty five and and at least 13, 14 rebounds every time he steps on the court. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then, see, that's the reason that they're even in this position, to be honest with you. I mean, like like Evan said, he's, he's carrying them uh, right now uh, more than I actually thought that he would because they have talent. It's just... I, I say really they go sure as far as LeGero Vick can take them. Uh, and he's had a couple yeah. games where he's gone off and got 30, 30 35 points. They're going to need True. that in, in not only in conference play, but in the big dance that they plan on uh, really doing some things because uh, Yudoka Azubuki, he's been in foul trouble in, in some games, most notably uh, in that close overtime win over uh, Tennessee. Hey, y'all really want to know what I want to see, though, out of uh, LeGerald Vick? For me to say that they go as far as he take them, I, I need him to do it in big games. His 30-point games were against Louisiana Lafayette and against Vermont. I, I, well, I no, he also went off against uh, Stanford now. That's not a big game. In that environment, uh, you were at home. To lose that game, to take him into overtime. If I'm not mistaken, I think he may have scored 18 straight points in that one. Yeah, but they were at home. Like, Stanford isn't 
That, matter of fact, Stanford four and four. Yeah, <laughs> he, they shut yeah. him off. Uh, and Dijak had twenty four fifteen that game. Lajero Vic had twenty seven. Here's yeah. my thing. That team, I need to see Dijak Lawson do that in a. Uh, I mean, Lajero Vic do that in a game against a, a a really really good ball club. I mean, th- those teams they don't get it for me. Yeah, yeah, and I get that. And really, just Kansas overall, because the schedule is going to get tougher for them. Well, you go back and you look at uh, Vic against Tennessee, 15 points, 6 of 12 from the field, 3 of 7 from 3. He shot 50%. Mm-hmm. He also had four assists and in, in that one, uh, two rebounds and a steal. I like I like Vic. I like Vic. I think he's got an opportunity to really have a good game against uh, Villanova. But yeah, see, and, and those stats you named off, man, it's kind of like I say, the reason why I feel kind of weird about Kansas. I mean, they're clearly talented and all that, like you talked about, but it's just something is not really clicking for me right now. And it's going to be interesting. It sounds like, from what Evan's saying, you know, they could even be susceptible against Villanova, this matchup coming up this week. I call Villanova for the win. Um, a, a lot of people. Thought this wrote this Villanova team off because of early struggles. Yeah, you're not going to get a Jay Wright team that won't bounce back. This Villanova team is to me actually the early losses helped them because it woke them up. I'm always proponent to losing early over late. So th- that team losing those games early, you see they bounce back. Uh, in the classic, they end up being in a, in a tournament over the holidays. They end up being a really good Florida State team. Uh, Florida State mm-hmm. team that Josh, you got picked to be in the Final Four. That team's yeah. going to be there. Seriously, that Florida State team is really good. You already see them putting it back together, and I think they will beat Kansas. And if Kansas is the number one team nationally next week, it'll be short-lived. Interesting. interesting. Yeah, now that game against Villanova is on the road. Kansas is going to be at home in that one, so that, that'll be a good one. Ironically, they uh, Villanova comes back and plays UConn a week from that Saturday on the 22nd in a non-conference matchup. That'll be their final non-conference before they go into uh, Big East play. Interesting. Now, I'm going to ask this question uh, before we get into the next thing. When I look at the Big 12, and we all know Kansas is, you know, their streak when it comes to Big 12. Can they be susceptible to a Texas Tech who's also 8-0? Or is anybody else there that could sneak up on Kansas. Just looking in the early going, I know it's you know it's eight games in, but can Texas Tech be looked at as a contender, um, guys? When it when it comes to that Big Twelve, I, I would think so. I, I would think Texas Tech is going to be right there amongst the top four teams in that conference. Oklahoma State they've been up and down early. Potentially, they're a team that could give Kansas some trouble. Likely not when they go to Fog Island, but more so yeah. when they're at home. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What, what, what you what you think, Evan? No. Uh, Texas Tech, and I don't see it, uh, especially watching them in that Memphis game. They they probably should have lost that game. And I feel bad saying that. Glenn Seifert, your friend of the show, no disrespect. Mm-hmm. But, and I asked him that, and he didn't even want to go out on a limb and say that uh, Kansas would be beaten this year. Yeah, he really didn't. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I mean, Texas, Shaka Smart, he has another down season. He'll be on the high seat. Uh, Iowa State, Coach Palm, he's a hell of a fire coach. But, I mean, Iowa State just never really has been on the top of the 
of the Big 12. Uh, Kansas State, you could have made a, a case for them, but they go out and lose to Tulsa. And talk about the week Frank Hate had down there in Tulsa, Oklahoma, man. They beat uh, Oklahoma State and Kansas State this week. So Kansas State has actually had back-to-back losses. They also uh, took a 12-point loss, 83-71 at Marquette. Yeah, so they'll be drunk out the top 25. Uh, yep. I, I don't. I mean, Jamie Dixon, TCU. They're they're seven and one right now. Whenever you get down there at uh, TCU, that's that's always a tough crowd. But all Rose lead through uh through Lawrence, Kansas for a Big Twelve title to me still. Yeah, I agree. Just looking at the Big Twelve right now, it'll be interesting to see how it, how it, um you know kind of unfolds there. As far as Shaka Smart, I forgot he's even still at Texas. That just shows what's going on there. Yeah, um, as well. <laughs> Which is uh, which is crazy. It used to be how hot he was at one point, but uh, if, looking at the number one teams in the country, oh, um, I, I wanted to say this real quick. Uh, yeah, yeah. To show you why you always strike while the iron's hot, Sean Spoiler let go a lot of good jobs and waited on this Texas job. Yeah, last week his former team VCU winning the Texans and beat them. Mm. That's a dagger right there. Oh man, you can't let that happen. No, sir. <laughs> oh my God, man. <laughs> oh, I feel for Shocker, man. That was that was a shock to the system right there. Having uh, the boys come up and you know smack you in the mouth, you know, it's, it's not a good look. Not a good look at all. Kind of getting exposed, I guess you could say. Yes, sir. Uh, Shocker, smart, no question, man. But speaking of exposed, was Gonzaga exposed? In the loss to Tennessee, uh, some people calling already, you know, calling Gonzaga overrated. You know what I mean? Some people get saying Tennessee are contenders for the national title, contenders for the Final Four. Some people even saying should they be number one in the country. Uh, some of that may be a little too soon to say right now. But Gonzaga, a team that beat Duke in the Maui, um, coming in, and then they lose to Tennessee. Were they overrated? Um, Evan, if you want to start that. No, I don't think they were overrated. Uh, they lost to a good Tennessee team. Uh, a Tennessee team that uh, can, you know, be beaten. I mean, Kansas showed that. But I, I just think that they were, were – uh, it was a good game also. If, if you look at it, it isn't like they went out there and got smacked. Um, I don't think anybody would have been surprised if you told them that Gonzaga would have lost to Tennessee or, or vice versa. I, that was pretty much a corn flip, uh, period. Gonzaga has a really good team. Uh, Mark Fruit is a is a hell of a coach. Uh, I, they got a kid, uh, Rui Hachimura. I, I, I'm pretty sure I butchered his name. Uh, but the kid can flat out play. He's a junior, 6'8". He's averaging about 22 for Gonzaga right now. So that, that kid can flat out play the game of basketball. Of course, they, they're still going to be the class of the West Coast Conference. I mean, nobody's going to beat them out there. St. Mary's is the only team that can kind of look at them right now. Uh, that's that's probably it, man. I don't think they were overrated. Uh, to answer your second part of the question, is Tennessee a national title contender? I don't think so. Uh, Tennessee right now, they are a very experienced group. Uh, Grant Williams, he's averaging – 20 and and, uh, 9. He's a senior. Uh, Schofield is a senior. He's averaging 16 and 6. Jordan Bone, he's averaging 13 and 3. He's a junior. Uh, Kyle Alexander and Lamonte Turner, uh, 
They're averaging 10 apiece as seniors and juniors, respectively. This is an experienced team, and I think they've reached their peak. Uh, to me, they have a lot of, of weaknesses. Uh, they could be beaten easily. Um, I'm surprised that you say that, man. This A Tennessee team goes in and beat the number one team in the country. You know, they're looking good. And you feel like they got a lot of weaknesses. Kind of, but tell me what some of those are. Go ahead. Now it's it's ironic he mentions that because uh, they actually played this game without Lamonte Turner. Um, I'm not sure if he was injured or not, but he, he's not showing up in the box scores. He's a double figure guy. Uh, Jordan mm-hmm. Bowden ended up finishing four ten in that game, uh, three or seven from three, yep. eleven points. Admiral Schofield, he's going. He goes off twelve to twenty two, six to ten from three. He has thirty. Six rebounds, and then of course Grant Williams, the reigning SEC Player of the Year, sixteen and twelve, but seven assists. If Grant Williams and Admiral Schofield play that way, they're capable of beating in any team in the nation. Uh, so I, I think it's it's all about Tennessee playing well, and those two guys we saw against Kansas when Williams went out the game, Tennessee struggled in overtime. Yep, but with him not in foul trouble. Uh, even even though he did foul out ironically against Gonzaga they were able to go out and get the win and, and historically it's tough to beat Tennessee at Thompson Bowling Arena and we've seen that uh, with teams like Florida who were number one in the past mm-hmm. and they do it tonight yeah that, that team just have a lot of weaknesses to me uh, I, I, I'm sorry I, I looked at Gonzaga like me uh, Johnson Justice, I, I look at these kids and, and these guys' games in depth, all right? So, all right. me, I'm looking at Tennessee guys on the wing. They're very slow. Their lateral foot movement is is not good at all. They're, they're susceptible to be beaten off the bounce at any time. Coming off screens, they're always going under because they're so slow off the bounce. They're kind of backing off. Any team that's hot from outside, uh, kind of like a Tyler Harris, if he gets it going next week against uh, Tennessee for the University of Memphis, he's going to go for 30. He's going to go for 30. Um, Grant Williams, he's too slow. You get a guy like a Keevan Davenport from Memphis to get him on the outside on the wing, he won't be able to handle him off the bounce. It won't happen. To me, honestly, if I'm Penny Hardaway, I'm going straight at him because when he's off the court, their offense is in disarray. Period. Ironically, they're, they're going to need to play guys like Jordan Bowden, uh, Bone, and uh, Lamonte Turner against Memphis. There's no way you can, on one end, we could say that Memphis may have a size disadvantage, but on the other mm-hmm. end, they've got the quickness advantage. So I, oh, I do agree with you in that respect that, that Tyler Harris is the type of guy that would give uh, Tennessee the defense problems. Not, and, and not only that, though. Schofield, I know he was hot from three today. That won't happen again. You zone this team because they get a lot of their points on the offensive glass because Grant Williams is just a man down there. And uh, Kyle Alexander is really good, too. He's averaging seven rebounds. They get a lot of their points off of offensive rebounds. If you crash the boards, uh, you you go zone and send all your guys to the glass or get Grant Williams in foul trouble, there are two or three recipes on how to beat this team. Let's not get it twisted. This isn't an unbeatable team. So when we ask, is this a uh, national title contender? I don't think so. I think it's probably a second weekend team. I don't see this team making to the lead eight or the final four. So it almost seems like what you're saying team is that 
is that their weakness is their size. Well, you know, or their strength and weakness is kind of their size. Yes, yeah, because on the one hand, yeah, yeah. Because, like I said, on the one hand, you know, you got the size to go down low, do what you need to do, strength or whatever the case may be. But then it slows them down on defense with guys like, like you know, which we'll talk about Memphis and Tennessee and how that matchup can potentially go. Because really, that was my concern when it comes to Memphis is the size disadvantage, you know, and how it doesn't really look like when you get into Memphis that you can, that you could beat up Memphis, you know, like Isaiah Maurice or, or Kevin Davenport or guys like that. So it's more so the strength factor than, than even the size Uh Schofield yeah. at 240. Uh, Grant Williams appears to be every bit of at least 230. And then uh, Kwame Alexander, who's 6'11". Uh, Tennessee just, they, they bring more bulk on the inside to counter Memphis's uh, speed with that guys like Davenport and, and Maurice, who I, I think has actually played pretty well in his last few games. It, it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see if he can do anything against a, a, a Tennessee team that's has a pretty good front line and probably one of the top five front lines in the country. I, I like to say one more thing. When, when I look at a lot of teams, uh, Josh and Justice, I look, a lot of people say, hey, man, this team could do this real well. The team could look, do this real well. I think I look at two things. I look at what they don't do well, number one, because I want to know how to beat them. Number two, I look at is there any room for them to get better? The reason why I went through their top scores and top rebounders, all those juniors and seniors, so they are what they are, period. Yeah. Come March, this is going to be the same Tennessee team. All right. For Duke, uh, for example, that was a good loss to Gonzaga. That's not going to be the same Duke team that we saw in Maui in March. There's a lot of growth there to, to be done because they're so young. This Tennessee yeah. team, they are what they are. And I think it's a sweet 16 team next. I, I don't see this team uh, being a national title contender. I've got them in the Final Four as of right now, along with Kansas, uh, Duke, and there's one other. I can't think of that fourth team, but I've, I've got them right there in that Final Four. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, Oh, man. Kansas. Kansas is that fourth team. Yeah. Yeah, Kansas. I'm going to tell you, man. Tennessee, you know, you brought up a lot of good points. I can't even lie. But it's going to be interesting, and especially when we talk about Memphis versus Tennessee. It's such an interesting contrast of styles. You know, you wonder who's going to take advantage of it more. Uh, when it comes to that matchup. Is that one of the biggest matchups you guys feel like in this coming week? Because we know it's, you know, it's kind of a rivalry there. A renewing of a rivalry, so to speak, with, with these two teams uh, facing each other. You know, Memphis not in the top 25, but a team that's seemingly getting better. Um, and before we get into the matchup a little bit, let me ask y'all, because we, we've been talking about some of these other teams. But getting into Memphis for a minute, how do you guys feel the progress that's been made thus far by Penny and the Tigers? Are they in the right direction heading into a big game like a Tennessee uh, coming up this this coming weekend? Or are they moving in the right direction with the expectations with, with this team? Yeah, I, I think they're moving in the right direction. Uh, the biggest thing for me is that the, the, they're continuing to improve uh, game by game. So, mm-hmm. and many may look at the, the competition, etc. They played some pretty tough teams early. The one thing you want is to be playing well when you're going to be hosting a, a team like Tennessee that's in the top five in the country. I think they'll be in the top five at least when the next rankings come out, especially after that win over Gonzaga. Tyler Harris, Jeremiah Martin, Alex Lomax in their last game against UAB. They combined for 50, uh, 46 points. And and that's what you want to see. 
more so the efficiency from Jeremiah Martin. That's something that we we didn't see early in the season, and, and at least in their past two contests, he's been able to get it together. Tyler Harris was four of ten. He's going to continue to shoot the three. Forty percent, you'll take that any day, especially from a, a five nine freshman guard. Uh, mm-hmm. But but also the five assists against UAB really helped that team uh, get things going. He, he finished, and, and as a team, they finished with eighteen assists. That, that's what you want to see out of Memphis. Uh, now the rebounding is going to be an issue. Uh, we saw that against UAB; they were out rebounded, and UAB's not a huge team. That's going to be an area of concern of, of Memphis going up against uh, Tennessee. Interesting. Uh, what you think, Evan? I think they're moving in the right direction for the simple fact that two weeks ago in the Avocare Invitational when they lost the College to Charleston, uh, they would have lost against South Dakota State. Uh, Definitely. They, they probably yeah. would have probably lost against UAB. Uh, so they're moving in the right direction. Um, to me, I'm still scared to see a Memphis Tiger offense when Tyler Harris not on. That's the scary thing to me. If I am a college basketball coach playing against the University of Memphis, I box on one Tyler all day. I don't let him get off. Period. Do you expect Tennessee to go that route? I mean, I don't expect them to start off, but three or four threes, you better. Because 18 third are strong will be on their feet. And we all know what momentum could do with players. I mean, momentum can make guys who are average look like stars for 40 minutes. Which brings up Keevan Davenport. 21 <laughs> points, eight, eight rebounds against UAB. Eight of ten from the field, three of five from three. Is he capable of having that type of game against the Tennessee front line? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. For the, for the reason that I mentioned at first. If Keevan comes out and play Keevan Davenport type of basketball in a big game, we have yet to see that from him. If he comes out and plays to his maximum potential, a guy who can put the ball on the floor, a guy who can step out and hit that three-point shot, a guy who can who can get to the rim with ease and finish with contact, yes, he can. But we have to see it done first. Nobody on that Tennessee front line, y'all can say all day, he'll punish, they'll punish him in the paint. Nobody come off the bounce, all right? N- nobody can step out and guard him on the perimeter. Who's going to challenge his three-point shot? They're going to be so scared that he's going to put it on the floor, they're going to give him that shot. Kevin can knock that down. Nobody on Tennessee front line can hold him offensive. Nobody excluded. Nobody excluded. So if he's in his right frame of mind, oh, the kid can go off, sir. Oh, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you, you hit it right there. Right frame of mind. So I've always met ever since when I first saw Davenport last year, man, I'm like, man, this guy can play. You know, it's crazy that he hasn't been playing ball that long. But, I mean, from the athleticism to rebounding at times, can really get in there, rebound, shooting, putting the ball on the floor, all of that stuff. It's there, but it's just his mental state. You know, you got to get him going in the right way. And I think Penny's done a great job of having him come out there in in spurts, coming off the bench, being Mr. Energy. Come, It seems like that's been a better fit because if you look at some of the stats he puts up in a short amount of minutes, you know, I mean, he's almost scoring a point per minute. I heard Penny say in the presser that basically he has to tell Keevan nobody can guard you. He doesn't think anybody, uh, I don't know if Penny was exaggerating or not, but it may even be true. He said he doesn't think anybody called basketball can hold Keevan when he's really just in the right frame of mind. That's a pretty bold statement. Yeah. 
It's a very bold statement. But but it does speak to uh, the level of confidence in which Hardaway has in him, and maybe bringing him off the bench and him uh, and and allowing Keevan to see the game for at least until the sixteen minute timeout, or maybe not even so. He mm-hmm. comes in with a with a different mindset, and you get that production from him and Maurice. Because if you're capable of uh, getting, say, 27 to 30 points from those two off the bench, then uh, at least, yeah, that that that's something that uh, the Tigers would need. Definitely, definitely. Uh, Evan, you got anything on that? I'm predicting the Tigers upset. Man, see. Look, I I I, I want to do it. I want to do it. I love the Tigers, right? But I just can't see it. I can't see it. I'm sorry, Josh. I just think I'm telling you. I'm telling you. I don't want to get these folks' hopes up. I ain't got. I, I ain't got to get their hopes up, man. I'm just telling you what it is. It's too many ways. All right, let me tell you something. Me, I, I think of myself as a basketball man. I'm pretty sure all of us do. But any Mike, Tony, and Sam. Those are basketball basketball masterminds. If I see ways to beat that team, they see double what I see. You see what I'm saying? Like, there are ways. This team isn't unbeatable. I'm telling you right now. They're a good team. And shout out to Rick Barnes because people just wanted to put his career to bed when he left Texas. And he done a remarkable job with Tennessee. But like I told y'all guys, this Tennessee team is what it is. It's a rivalry. Game. Anytime, any, anytime you play a rivalry game, a team can go down, and that's why you want to. If you're a, a Memphis, if you're with the Memphis side, you want to make sure that you play teams like Ole Miss, Arkansas, Tennessee, at least where there's a regional rivalry or proximity. Yeah. Fans speak amongst each other. I'm sure that there's a lot of SEC fans in the Memphis area, so you you want to play a team like that. You want to line them up because you know every time uh, either team could potentially get the win. So I I, I don't think that uh, anybody should be thinking that Memphis is not capable of beating Tennessee at FedEx Forum. I got Memphis plus eight. And I, mm, plus eight? Yeah. Mm, man. I don't know, man. I'm definitely not betting on it. I know that. But uh, I know I'm definitely not betting on it. But I'm going to tell you, I, I do think the one thing you cannot deny just like y'all talking about rivalries and everything. 18,000 people. It seems like it's going to be a sellout. You know, because I heard last night it was, what, 200 tickets, something like that. So you cannot discount a packed, loud FedEx form. You know, because you've seen the enthusiasm there uh, from Memphis more than it has been in recent years. I mean, you're talking about the last game against UAB, you know, had a pretty good crowd in the morning. So, you know, it's another morning game with Tennessee. Yeah. Exactly. Which, which and they're gonna be Memphis, not Tennessee. And, yeah. Well, it's one of it's one of those things with Tennessee where if if you're with that side, you better be looking forward to getting this victory because once James Wiseman, Malcolm Dandridge, and the rest of those guys come in, uh, then you're then you're you're really in trouble. Yeah, Jeffries. Don't forget about Jeffries. He, oh well, there's no way you can forget about DJ Jeffries. <laughs> He's a five star, uh, top twenty guy, uh, reigning Mississippi Mister Basketball. Mm-hmm. He potentially could be a McDonald's All-American as well. Definitely, definitely, man. So, a lot to look forward to uh, with that matchup this weekend. I want to believe, and I'm gonna be rooting for Memphis. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say they win right now. Hopefully, I'm proven wrong because I'm never wrong. 
but hopefully we'll see uh, what happens. Just like, <laughs> just like, just like I'm right about Jimmy Butler. You know, and that's a whole other other conversation. We're getting that in the next segment uh, with the NBA. But uh, now I can feel Evan ready to go off. Okay. But before we do that, <laughs> before we do that, man. Um, any last things y'all want to talk about when it comes to college basketball? Justice Evan. Uh, I'll let Justice go first. I, I think we've we got to talk about that potential of a Duke-Kansas matchup at some point. Mm-hmm. And, and if we see that, what would that matchup look like? Does Kansas and their front line can, as a bookie, stay on the floor? Dedrick Lawson. Does he does he match up with Zion Williams, and how does how does that go? Is Dedrick Lawson does what he does against every other team in the country, and that's give you at least twenty to twenty five points a game and ten to fifteen rebounds. Are they? Is Kansas a team that can beat Duke? I'm gonna tell you something. I'm curious to hear what Evan thinks about a Zion versus Dedrick one on one matchup. You know, because you talk about two guys that are very different. I can I mean, see Dedrick be... using the pump fake quite effectively against Zion. Show Definitely. him, show him the ball, and then mm-hmm. go to work. In fact, if I'm if I'm uh, Bill Self, I'm I'm going to attack uh, Zion Williams. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Take advantage of some of that uh, some of that eagerness to get those big blocks, get some fouls on the big man. Kansas ain't being Duke. It ain't happening. Uh, Quinn, Quinn Grimes' kid, um, yeah, he hasn't showed up the way I would hope that he would. Mm-hmm. So he, you can't mm-hmm. put him against not one of Duke freshmen and say that he's better than them. Not one. Mm-hmm. You can punk up as a bookie all day. He ain't no Zion Williams. No, no. The only one that can compete with Zion is Diedrich, and that's just because he got that old man game. I mean, however you... He, he the kind of guy at the park, he gonna, he gonna ask you how you want it, because he gonna give it to you. You want it from the outside, you want it in the, in the post. You just let me know how you want to get killed. And, 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 if, and if you're talking about talent, I think that goes to Duke, and if you're talking about X's and O's, I think it's gonna go to Coach K. I don't think it's, it's a way that... I, I, it's a way, but I don't see Kansas beating Duke. I, I, I don't. Uh, to, to me, the thing that I, I, I would want to close out, in my opinion on, uh, I, I can't overstate how big of a game this Villanova-Kansas game is. Because to me, we're talking about Kansas. I think that Villanova outside of, well, Michigan State, that, that team's overrated to me, I'm sorry. But I think this Villanova team is going to be the best team they play all year. All year, and, and and Jay Wright is a hell of a coach. I know I'm a huge Jay Wright fan. This yeah. team is clicking. All right, uh, they're they're woke because they lost two games early in the season. They probably felt like they shouldn't have lost. Outside of Michigan, they just got killed. But uh, this team is woke. They're going to be pumped for their game. Uh, it's going to be, of course, a national televised game. I think we find out all we need to know about the Kansas Jayhawk this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge, man, because they need to prove something not only to us and the people watching, but to themselves as well. Can they get a big win 
against a team like that, you know, so a team that they could potentially face in the NCAA tournament. And the last time I so checked, like that, said, that Kansas roster has a, a, a kid from North Memphis uh, by the name of LaGerald Vick and then the, the Lawsons, two South Memphis, D- Dietrich and KJ. That team, uh, you got some you got some goons. You got some goons on that team. Yeah, man, but the goons. In, in that matchup against Tennessee, uh, they went more to KJ in that matchup, in a physical matchup. It'll be interesting to see yeah. uh, if he can get more of the same uh, of those minutes against Villanova. Great point, Justice, but here's where you here's where I counter. The reason y'all remember at the beginning of the year, y'all said teams like Auburn and Tennessee could beat Duke. The reason why I said that they couldn't is because, and y'all notice I never said anything about Gonzaga. They yeah. play the same style as Duke. In your face, run up and down the court. They don't have enough athletes for that against Duke. A team like Gonzaga. What they do against Duke. Gonzaga? Who? You, you're speaking of uh, Duke, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Gonzaga's going to pick and pop you. They're going to, they're, they're just going to just run fluent offense. And a lot of times, young guys have to learn how to be patient on defense. Don't gamble because that's where you give up big shots. Stay patient on defense. Learn how to run your offense fluently. Like, that game was the perfect game for Coach K to have a teaching tool. That's why I didn't say Kansas or Auburn or Tennessee can beat Duke because they all play Duke the same way. That's at home for those guys on Duke team. Zion, R.J. Barrett, those guys, uh, that's at home for them. I don't think Kansas, Tennessee, and we saw Auburn. I don't think those guys have the athletes to get up and down with those guys. Yeah, not even close. I mean, I, I honestly think, and I, you know, I, I honestly think Duke would destroy. They would destroy Kansas. I, I do agree with that. I mean, it, it's just one of those things. Bad matchups, like we were talking about with, with um, with uh, I believe we were talking about Tennessee and matching up with Memphis and things like that. But yeah. Duke is a horrible matchup for Kansas. That's that's what I think, you know. So, but we'll see. You never know. And if that comes comes to fruition, it'll be an interesting matchup to see. No question about it, man. But we got a great week of uh, college basketball coming up. So definitely looking forward to seeing uh, some of these matchups and how things continue to shake out, man. It's a very interesting time of the year, and uh, we'll see how it all shakes out, man. But um. That's going to do it for at least this segment of deliberation. Of the next, I'm going to talk some NBA. A lot of stuff going on in the NBA, man. From from uh, Jimmy Butler, you know, potentially ruining the 76ers uh, to all the stuff going on in the Eastern Conference. Giannis, uh, Kawhi Leonard, LeBron, you know, people saying that LeBron is, you know, got the Lakers in position to win the West, things of that nature. So, all that stuff, stuff that I disagree with, we're going we're gonna to talk about when we get back. Uh, you're listening to the Deliberation Sports Podcast, and we'll be back.